Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 66 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much again for once for joining us uh, as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, looking at Genesis chapters 28 to 33 in the week of February the 28th to March the 6th. And today we're continuing with our study of Genesis 29. Uh, if you remember, we've just reached the point where um, Jacob is deceived by Laban, his uncle, uh, I believe, uh, and is given um, Leah to wife. Uh, after having worked seven years for the hand of Rachel in marriage. Um, And in verse 25, uh, he recognises this and asks, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? Now, I think it's interesting because obviously Rachel and Leah will have had an understanding or a knowledge that this was going to happen. Did they agree to this? Did they know why this had to happen? Uh, we're not really given their side of the experience, but it is interesting to consider. However, the response that Laban gives is fairly ironic. Uh, he says, It must not be done so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn, but firstborn. Now, until we had studied kind of all of the Jacob and Esau experience together with this, I hadn't really yet made the connection, but when you think about it, um, Jacob's family does seem to have an, uh, a particular pattern uh, of giving the birthright blessings or the blessings of the firstborn to someone who is younger. You think of Abraham, who who apparently was also not the firstborn in his family and yet was given the, the covenant or the Abrahamic covenant or blessings that a firstborn might have had. Uh, you then obviously have Isaac, who was younger than Ishmael, but still received the, the blessings of the birthright child. Uh, and then, of course, we've just studied about Esau and Jacob and how Jacob received the birthright blessings, even though he wasn't the oldest. So Laban's response here, it could be an, in, an, an innocent um, reference to the fact that he needs to give the, the firstborn the blessings before his younger child, but... Um, It could also be a a jibe at Jacob and perhaps knows that Jacob is not the firstborn in his family and yet has the blessings of the firstborn. Uh, And so he says in our country, it must not be done so. Uh, I think that is an interesting um, insight or or suggestion that that could be what he meant. Um, But um, Laban does say that, you know, give it a week uh, for the celebrations of the wedding uh, and you can have Rachel but you must serve me for seven more years. So Laban gets another seven years out of Jacob for it. But Jacob does this, uh, and he is married to Rachel a week later. So he now has these two wives, Leah and Jacob. Uh, and in verse 30, it says, And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet another seven years. And in verse 31, we have then... Um, uh, well, actually, before we go on to verse 31, I want to have a look at this word hated, because it does sound quite harsh, really. In verse 30, uh, it says, as 31, it says, And the Lord saw that, that Leah was hated. He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. Reuben. 
For she said, Surely the Lord have looked upon my affliction, now therefore my husband will love me. Um, so Jacob has his firstborn child. And what then follows in our account uh, is a whole host of children <laughs> uh, that Jacob has. We don't have a situation like with Abraham and Isaac where they have, oh, sorry, Abraham and Sarah, where they have just the one son with each other, which is Isaac. And even uh, with Abraham, uh, we know of uh, two sons, Ishmael. Uh, perhaps there may have been more, but we're not very aware of those. We have obviously Isaac and Rachel, who had Isaac and Rebecca, uh, who had uh, Jacob and Esau that we know of. And now we're going to have this uh, situation where we have Jacob, who is married to Leah and Rachel. And of course, uh, we'll learn about how uh, Bilhah and Zilpah, who are the handmaids of uh, Leah and Rachel, um, are going to have children was as well. And so this is then um, what follows in terms of the, the blessing of children. Um, Leah conceives Reuben, and then conceives Simeon, then conceives Levi, then conceives Judah. All the while, Rachel does not have any children. Uh, so this will obviously be a difficult trial uh, for Rachel, because she is seeing her sister, uh, producing children for children uh, quite quickly, uh, but there is no children that is um, being born from her. Uh, and interestingly, in verse 35, after Judah, it says that um, Leah left bearing, so she no more, she didn't have any more children for a little while. Now, in the beginning of chapter 30, um, we have a little um, interaction between Rachel and Jacob, which, again, we may feel is not very uh, fair from either side really um but of course you know something like not being able to bear a child particularly when your sister is producing them left right and center um it would be a very emotional very difficult uh, trial for rachel to go through and jacob perhaps is not understanding of rachel's position as well he is having children he's got four children now um and so perhaps he is not as concerned about this um, situation that Rachel is dealing with and he responds in a, in a, a difficult way as well. In verse 1 it says, and when Rachel saw that she had bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel and he said, am I in God's stead who have withheld from thee the fruit of, thy, of the womb? Um, in other words, he says, I'm not, I've not made this choice. I'm not God. I've not caused you not to have children. Why? Um, I have nothing to do about it. Um, so, you know, not the most empathetic response from Jacob, but also, you know, not the most, um, well, I mean, Rachel's uh, response of, you know, or else I die is obviously very dramatic. But of course, I'm sure she felt that way. Um, this was obviously very upsetting for her. And so in verse 3, this is why we see her offer her handmaid, Bilhah, uh, to Jacob as the the way in which she is going to have children. And in the, um, in the customs of the day, if, if this was done, it was basically Rachel's child, uh, but it was obviously through her handmaid. And we did, of course, see this happen with um, Abraham and um, Hagar. So it's certainly not uh, without precedent, this. And so this continues, and more children are born. Uh, we have uh, Rachel, uh, through Bilhah conceiving. Uh, Bilhah bears Dan, um, and then Naphtali. And then Leah, 
seeing that she wasn't having children anymore, does the same. She takes her, she asks, gives her handmaid uh, to Jacob, to wife, and Zilpah uh, bears two sons, uh, Gad uh, and Asher. Uh, and so this continues further, uh, and we have more children being born again. Now, if you're reading along, you'll see uh, in verses uh, 14 to 21, there is a um, peculiar um, interaction between Leah, Rachel, and um, Leah's oldest son, Reuben. Uh, Reuben, um, to summarise it very briefly, because I don't think this, uh, this interaction warrants much of our time, but it is an interesting exchange. Um, Reuben basically harvests uh, mandrakes, which are supposedly some type of fruits, which in the custom of the time were linked to fertility. Uh, it's kind of one of those things that uh, it's passed down from generation to generation that these things help with fertility. And Rachel wants some of these mandrakes, but um, Leah isn't happy about this. And so Rachel suggests that the Reuben gives Rachel some of the mandrakes and then Jacob can, can go, um, or Leah can go and lie with Jacob that night. And she does conceive um, very peculiar interaction, but when you consider um, kind of the the idea, remember that we've had different experiences now of individuals trying to do things to fulfil um, blessings that have been promised. Um, we think of, for example, Abraham and Hagar um, having birth with, uh, with a child as a way to have Abraham continue his lineage um, before then being blessed with, miraculously with his son Isaac. Uh, and other experiences we've, we've spoken about. Uh, this is a, a an attempt by Rachel to try and try anything to be able to bear her own child. Um, but of course, after this, uh, when Leah has Issachar and Zebulon, and also uh, Dinah, um, in verse 22 we read, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. Um, finally, Rachel is blessed with a child. And to finish, we'll listen to the words of uh, Spencer J. Condy, who said, quote, The Apostle Peter testified that the Lord is not slack in concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. In this age of one-hour dry cleaning and one-minute fast food franchises, it may at times seem to us that as though a loving Heavenly Father has misplaced our precious promises or he has put them on hold or filed them under the wrong name. Such were feelings of such were the feelings of Rachel, but with passage of time, he encounter, we encounter four of the most beautiful words in Holy Writ, and God remembered Rachel. There are millions today on on earth who are descendants of Joseph, who have embraced the Abrahamic promise. When heaven's promises sometimes seem afar off, I pray that each of us will embrace these exceeding great and precious promises and never let go. And just as God remembered Rachel, God will remember you. Um, we'll continue tomorrow and look at what this may mean about what God remembering Rachel uh, and move forward into the account of Joseph being born and then the immediate events afterwards about Jacob returning to his homeland. Thank you very much for listening today and until we meet again.